welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. All right, my friends. If you could make your way back to your seats, that would be great. Uh, to the kiddos in the room, we're glad you're here. It's the fifth Sunday of a month, so sometimes we do a little everybody Sunday where the older kids stay with us, so welcome to you all. By the way, how about Judith, the, the, uh, the reader? Oh my gosh, I was, we both, Jake and I were like, she reads better than I do, like quite literally. Impressive, very impressive. Leave it to the cousins. They're, they're both actors, if you didn't know, Nate and Stephanie, so... She's got a little advantage over the rest of us, but uh, welcome to Awaken. We're glad that you're with us. My name's Micah. If we have not met, I'm one of the pastors here at Awaken. By the dancing way, the other pastor at Awaken has birthed a child into the world. Yes! Yeah! So Jenna and Jason are the proud parents of Caden Timothy, who was born Monday, I think, this week, so... Um, thank you for your prayers and support of them. We're wishing them all the best. They're doing what new parents do, which is basically nothing. <laughs> Just sitting around, you know, sleeping, changing diapers, feeding children. So, sweet. I think when, I, when we had our first, I watched the entire season, uh, first season of 24 that week. <laughs> Maybe not the best thing to watch, you know, like nestling in, cocooning, and Kiefer Southern like, Cool, Chloe, get back in here! Anyways, um... That's not in the notes. Um, stick to the notes, Micah. So uh, if you're new, we're glad that you're here. Uh, we'd love to know that you're with us in the seat pockets in front of you or online. You can click the I'm new button on our homepage. Let us know that you're with us. Somebody from our team will reach out and invite you to a beverage of your choice. Uh, you can get to know us. We can get to know you a little bit. Um, a couple things that are happening in the life of the church. Oh, if you have tithes or offerings or you fill out those cards, there are black boxes at each of the exits. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can give. We're grateful for those gifts. Uh, they make possible all the things that Awaken is, including Trunk or Treat, which is happening today, right after this gathering. Very excited about that. A um, couple other things happening. There's a learning lab starting tonight. Randy Woodley, if you're familiar with that name, he's an indigenous writer, author, speaker, activist, uh, lives in the Pacific Northwest, will be with us the next four Sunday nights. And Randy is, um, man, he's a gift. And so if you're able to make it to those, they are from six to eight on Zoom. You can sign up for that online. There is a middle school Halloween party happening on Wednesday night this week, November 1, 6.30 to 8.30. So middle schoolers, have fun. If you're, that applies to you, we're glad that you're with us. There is an artist mingle happening on November the 2nd. So uh, last week we, we announced Hallie Hansen is our new worship and arts director. She and Vanessa Lucius are working together to care for and work with the, the, the creative artists in our community. And so that is a monthly thing that happens November 2nd at 7 p.m. So if you're interested in any of those things, we'd love to have you. There's a Awaken Weekly that goes out every week by email. You can subscribe to that and all the details of everything we do are in there. Sound good? Okay, uh, we are in the penultimate day of our series for this fall. Um, if you want to have a spiritual life that's vibrant and alive, like what kinds of things should you be doing? Could you be doing? If we as a church, as an organization, are succeed at what we're trying to do, like what sort of things would happen? Um, what kinds of experiences do we want people to have to become the kinds of people that we think Jesus invites us to become? These are questions that I've been sitting with over the last six to nine months, and our leadership team has been thinking about for a bit. And these questions have led us to this series, which is called Formational Targets. Every year in the fall, 
we come back to kind of the basics of mission and vision and values. Like, why does this church exist? What is it that we're actually doing here when we gather? When we live our lives out in, in, the, in the world as people of, of God, like, what's, what's happening there? Um, what's the DNA of this community? What are the tracks that we want to kind of run this thing on? These are all questions, right? And this falls no different. The question is, like, what are we aiming at? What are we trying to do as a community? What are the kinds of things that we want people to experience should they say yes to awaken? Uh, and, and so for many of us, not all, but for many of us, we, uh, maybe we grew up in the church or have inherited a, a faith or Christianity that we've started to ask some questions about. Maybe we've deconstructed a few things. Maybe we've changed our mind about something that we were told or we used to believe that we don't necessarily believe anymore. In fact, let's have some fun. Here's an all-play question. What's something that you used to believe that you don't believe anymore? Or something that you changed your mind about, a biblical idea or a theological idea that you've changed your mind about over the course of your life? This is an all-play. You can shout them out. The rapture. Yes. Yes. What else? Everything happens for a reason. Okay. What else? Things you've changed your mind about. Hell. Winona. Yeah, Ratatouille's a game changer, isn't it? Yeah. The whole, like, you know, could you even cook, like, with someone controlling your hair? I don't know. It's a great question, though. Right? What else? Creation. Okay. The virgin birth. Ooh. Wow. In a Catholic church, even. Formerly Catholic church. Yes. Okay. Is it okay to be friends with people from other faith backgrounds? Maybe we were told no. Yeah. Yeah. Atonement. Woo-wee. Getting hot in here. Yeah, many of us, you know, there are things that we've changed our minds about or we've deconstructed a little bit. Maybe some of us have inherited a faith, uh, a house of faith, and we've taken some of the furniture out, right? And so now the question is, what do you put in its place? It's easy to be a skeptic. It's easy to tear things apart. But to build something beautiful takes intentionality. It takes a plan. It takes... Um, like some effort. And so this series is about that. These are the formational targets of Awaken. And we're saying if you want to have a thriving and vibrant spiritual life, you might consider these things right here. Liturgy, listening, learning, community, impact, and pilgrimage. If you think about well-being for humans, you know, there are diff- different areas of well-being, cognitive, spiritual, uh, relational, emotional, vocational. If you were to just look at spiritual, and then we made a spiritual well-being wheel I'm saying, I'm offering to you the possibility that these things would, would, would move you in the direction of a vibrant and healthy spiritual life. So what do we mean when we say that? We've talked about liturgy, listening, learning, and community. Liturgy is the practice of and commitment to the church gathered and our life together, right? The sacred rhythms of our life. Listening is all about the internal work of hearing God's voice and my own voice and discerning when it's telling me good things and not good things, Right? Uh, learning is this lifelong commitment that we make to, um, to expanding and growing and naming and knowing the lenses through which we've come to understand the world we live in. 
And then community, we talked about, like, this in, 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 in light of who God is and what God is, a community of itself from which we are created and made for. So we want to enter into community where we are known and know others, right? So today, I want to talk about impact. And by impact, if listening and learning are kind of the internal work, uh, where the subject is me and my journey, impact is about this movement outside of myself. Impact is about... Um, breathing out if others are about breathing in. Impact is about the world and my neighbor and the work that God invites me to participate in. As the graphic shows, if you want to throw that up again, Jeff, impact is where my hands and heart and passions meet the greatest needs of the world that I find myself in. So here's the definition I'm working with, with impact. In response to God's invitation to be partners, we invest our time, talent, treasure, the things in our hands, for the sake of restoration, redemption, and recreation in our world, right? Like other weeks in this series, these are ideas in search of a text. So I have these ideas about a spiritual life that's alive and vibrant, and I'm offering them to you. And if they are resonant, or if they are true, then it would follow that you should be able to find scripture to support those ideas in the Christian tradition, right? So what I want to do this morning is start in 1 Peter, and then I just want to kind of build some scaffolding for this idea of impact, and we'll sort of, uh, we'll, we'll add to it, and, and essentially I want to get to the point of saying, like, you get to choose on this one, all right? So let's start in First Peter. If you have your Bibles, we're in chapter 4, and I would invite you to stand in body or in spirit for the reading of the word, and then we'll dive in. Peter writes this in First Peter 4, the end of all things is near, the rapture is coming. No, just kidding. <laughs> People have been saying that for a very long time, by the way. I think the point is, like, be alert, right? He goes on. Be alert. Be sober. A sober mind. So that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, as we gather this morning um, in your name, Jesus, we pause just for a moment to recognize the, the places from which we come and the world that we live in. And even as we gather with maybe joy in our hearts and um, the vibrancy of of young life and and our kids' voices, we also recognize that there's just so much going on um, with war and with loss of life and all the things that happen. We we come to this space uh, hoping, trusting that there is a word that resounds and speaks over us, a word of hope in a word of life. And so, God, we, we're grateful that in Jesus, in his life and teachings, his death and resurrection, a word has been spoken, even over death, a word of resurrection and of life. And so we claim that today. We need that desperately. Heal our hearts, heal our broken world, uh, and send us back out into the world for the sake of the gospel and love, we pray. In the strong name of Christ and the church said together, amen, amen. You may be seated. So Peter, in his instructions to a small little church on how to live in the world as the people of God, 
between sandwiches between like some some uh, wisdom on what happens when you suffer, when you suffer for the sake of the gospel and in Jesus' name, he says two things. First, love each other deeply. Above all else, love each other. Above right thinking, above right doctrine, above orthodoxy, love matters more. Paul says it in another place. Love each other well. Then he goes on and he says, each of you should use the gifts that you've been given. Not to serve yourself, not to prop yourself up, not to advance your own agenda, but to serve others. And in so doing, you become faithful stewards of the gifts God has given you. Essentially, use the things you've been given to have impact in the world that you live in. Not for yourself, but for the sake of your neighbor, for the sake of love, for the sake of the gospel. I want to use the rest of our time to build some scaffolding here, and we're going to start at the very beginning, and I want to sort of build like a, like a, a teacher, right? Um, so I'm going to start by saying, I don't know how you woke up this morning. I don't know if you know this or if you knew this or if you've forgotten this or you're locked in on this, but you have been invited. As a human being, you have been invited by God to participate in something. As a collection of humans on planet Earth, we have been invited by the divine. If you start all the way back in the beginning, Genesis 1 is the first creation story. Genesis 2 is the second. They're beautiful, each unto themselves. In Genesis 2.15, we hear this, this invitation uh, from God to the humans, who, well, the human and then the humans who will be there. The Lord God took the man and put him in a garden of Eden to work and care for it. Some of you King James folks might remember to till and to tend, right? To care for and steward God's world. So in the very beginning, God invites humans, and we know, we know that this is a choice, right? This is not a command. This is not a declaration. God does not enforce this, but it's an invitation to be partners and participate in the work that God is up to in the world, which is about shalom, peace, harmony, flourishing for all of God's creation. So God puts these people in the garden to care for it, to steward it, to be co-laborers in this work. And that's a choice. Of course, if you keep going in the story to Genesis 3, you, you realize that the choice uh, doesn't go well. And if you skip forward to Genesis chapter 12, you hear another invitation from God. Like the same drum keeps getting beaten, right? Gen God says to Abram and Sarah, like, leave your country, leave your, uh, your place. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's house, to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Why? So that you will be a blessing. So from this first humans in the garden to this first family called Israel that becomes this tribe, this nation, who is intended to be a blessing to the world and for the world. God invites them to participate, to be stewards, to be caretakers of this dream, this hope for creation, this intent, so that the world would be blessed. Not so that Israel gets propped up, not for their own agenda, not for their own advancement, no, but for the blessing of their neighbor. And the rest of the Old Testament, from Genesis 12 all the way to the end of Malachi, is that story being played out over and over again. And it's fits and starts, like you and me, right? Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. And then the Gospels show up. And we, we hear the Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, painting Jesus in a light of like, if this is what Israel was intended to be, this, this partner with God in the work of creation of shalom and healing and hope, then Jesus takes that vocation upon himself, walks it to its completion, which is not for himself, but rather for the blessing of the world, sacrifices himself for the sake of love, and then invites us to do the same. And so we get to the end of Matthew's gospel, and we read in Matthew 28, 
Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth given to me. Therefore, I invite you to go and be bearers of this good news, telling people all about it. Isaiah, the prophet, in this great moment, has this conversation with God, which epitomizes what I'm trying to say, that we've been invited to something. And the prophet hears this. He says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, God having a conversation, Who will I send? Who will go for us? Who will be our ambassadors in the world for love and for hope and for forgiveness and restoration? And who will I send? And Jeremiah, or Isaiah says, here I am, Hineni. Here I am, send me. Responds to the invitation. I want to begin this morning by reminding you that you've been invited. Do you remember the snowball dance in seventh grade? Come on, go back there with me, Right? Everybody's lined up on their sides, and some brave youngster walks across the gym and says to someone else, Hi, will you dance with me? Do you guys know that's how I met my wife? Not at the snowball dance, but in college. We're at this, uh, we're, we're at a, um, a ballroom dance, and uh, I'm sitting there. I got there a little early, you know, just putting out the vibe. <laughs> holding up the wall. And she sees me from across the gym, or across this ballroom, and asks her friends, like, Oh, who's that? guy over there. Oh, that's Micah. He's a nice guy. She walk. Who's that clown? She walks across the room, and she stands in front of me, and she says, hi, I'm Laura. Would you like to dance? Woo! I remember that moment seared in my mind, right? I want to invite you to consider God in this moment. Vulnerably, walking across a room and saying to you, to us as humans, will you dance with me? Will you partner? Can you hear the song that's playing? Will you like orient your life in this way? You've been invited. And in, in anticipation of your hopeful response of yes, God has entrusted you with some things. You've been given some things. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, is trying to remind them of this when he says in chapter 12, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the benefit of all, not for you, not for your advancement, not for your agenda, for everyone. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. To another, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, right? And I want to broaden that even. Like, it's pretty specific to the, 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 you know, this little religious community, these Jesus followers. But make that bigger. God has entrusted you with gifts, Paul's trying to remind them that, and he deems it important enough to remind them that God, they've been given something of great import. They've been entrusted. To entrust is a verb, and it means to put something into someone's care or protection. I was a youth pastor. Uh, I got married. I, got, I graduated, got married, and got my first job at 22 as a junior high youth pastor. I knew a lot about a lot. And I remember... Like the first event where I was the I was like I'm the guy I'm the person people are asking questions you know like well where are we going what when are we coming back all the details right and I remember parents like coming up to the church we rented a few vans to take them to laser tag or whatever and parents came and they they would drop up they would their kids would get out of their cars and then they left parents like entrusted me with their children they like put their kids' lives under my care and protection. And I remember feeling the weight of that responsibility, the joy of that, the, the, 
the humility of that, that I was given this great gift, entrusted with this great gift of these kids' lives. Friends, you've been entrusted with something. You've been given certain abilities to do things. You have a life that has led you to, to certain passions and, and interests. You have um, been given like uh, the ability to work and create uh, income and resources, right? None of this is due to you. You're not entitled to any of these things. You've been given a life, a, a number of days on this earth. None of this is in, you're not entitled to. I'm not entitled to tomorrow. It's not guaranteed. None of us are. So for this period of time and for these things, you've been given this great gift, these resources, this potential impact, this capacity to create. And the kicker is, you get to choose. You get to choose. You've heard me say this before, but you've been created, I believe, we've been created from love and for love. God is love and God creates out of themselves, and we are made from love and for love. So love is always a choice. It can't be coerced. It can't be demanded. So God invites you. Will you dance? Will you participate? Will you play? I've given you these great gifts, this capacity to have an impact in the world, now, will you join me in this work that we're up to? And I would suggest to you that there are two stories. There are two narratives. There is one narrative that says you and your life is the most important. Your agenda, your advancement, your securing of your future, your resources, protecting of them, that's what will lead you to happiness. I grew up with four brothers, and like the, 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 the sort of rule of thumb in the house was do unto others quick before they do it to you. Isn't that our world in some ways? Isn't that the story that you're being told? You got to get yours while you can because nobody else is going to get it for you. And you got to protect it when you do, even if it costs your neighbor. Because that's one story. So take your gifts, your, your capacity, your resources, your time, your energies, your creative capacity, and secure your future and your family's future. And then there's another story that's being told, which is you've been given capacities and gifts and talents and time and treasures, and the way to life, the thing that will fill you, that you will find the most joy in is actually when we sacrifice for the sake of our neighbor, when we are participating in this sacrificial move that we see Jesus make on the cross, that actually will lead to life. That's the only thing that will heal this broken world that we live in, but you get to choose. You have the potential to have an incredible impact in this world. Kids, are you listening to me right now? You have been given great gifts, and you can participate in the world in certain ways, ways that are a little more selfish and that protect you and your interests, or ways that love your neighbor and your classmates and your friends and your coworkers. And the story of Jesus says it's this way, not that way. You can try as you might. And aren't there so many stories of people who get to the end of their life who, who try this, and then they say, like, it wasn't worth it. So the question I leave you with this morning, the reason why I think that impact is part of our spiritual formation is that when we take the gifts we've been given, when we, when we release them or just recognize from whence they came and participate in the story that God is inviting us to participate in, there is life to be found there. I testify to it. I've given my life to it. I think that this is the way to be human. And so I want to invite you to consider that this morning. 
As you think about your life and the gifts that you have, the talent, the time, the treasure that is in your possession, the capacity that you have to have an impact in the world, for what? For who? There's two choices. There's two stories. And this way of Jesus says, in response to God's invitation to be partners, we invest our time, talent, and treasure. Why? For ourselves. No. For the sake of restoration, for the sake of redemption, for the sake of repair, for the sake of recreation in God's good world, for what God intended. Amen. I want to offer a word of prayer. We'll offer you just a a few moments of quiet to think about the things that we've heard this morning, and then we'll make our way towards the table. So pray with me if you would. God, this morning we gather, young and old, and we consider the wisdom of this story and these scriptures and this person, Jesus, who said it's this way, not that way. So for what we have in our hands, the capacity we have to impact the world that we live in and those around us, Holy Spirit, I pray in these next few moments of quiet that you would remind us, that you would lead us, that you would challenge us, invite us again to say yes to the invitation of God in whatever way that looks in our lives. Receive this blessing as you go. I hope that you you receive it, you live from it, you believe it, um, because it's yours. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the church said together, amen, amen. Grace and peace, my friends. We'll see you next week or at Trunk or Treat. Find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awakening Community or on Twitter at Awakening Community. See you next time.